Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For Project Spurs, I'm Paul Garcia, and this is the Spurs Test. In today's episode, I'll be reviewing the latest roster updates for the Spurs and looking at some of the shooting around Victor Wembanyama entering this season. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode of the Spurs cast. So it's been about two weeks since I last recorded an episode. There hasn't been much news. There's just been some minor roster updates with the team. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into those. And then, like I said, I have I have a topic I want to talk about that's kind of using some data from last year uh, regarding the shooting that that's going to for, for the players that that are going to be shooting the basketball around Victor Wembanyama. So let's go ahead and jump right into the latest news and updates for the team. So the first news is that the Spurs have filled all three of their two-way contracts um, in the last two weeks. They signed Seth Milner Jr. to a two-way contract. He was a he's a six-seven forward who went undrafted in the 2023 NBA draft uh, out of Toledo. We did see Milner on the Spurs' Summer League um, Vegas team. And so in five games in Vegas, he scored 5.2 points per game, 3.2 rebounds, and one assist in 17.8 minutes. And so now Milner, being on a two-way contract, does uh, close off the open roster spots for two-way spots on the Spurs with uh, him joining Dominic Barlow and CD, uh, Serge Jabari Rice there on two-way contracts. So, so there's all three players now uh, have a two-way contract on the Spurs. That's Barlow, Rice, and uh, Seth Milner Jr. The Spurs are also, um, but it looks like they're getting their their Austin Spurs uh, G League team roster ready as well in the in the process. So one thing that we saw them do was that uh, in the last week they they signed a Javante McCoy then to a training camp contract. Then they waived him. What that allows them to do is get him back uh, most likely on the Austin team later on in the season. So we could end up seeing Javante McCoy uh, back with the Spurs on the Austin Spurs, should we say? And and he was also part of the Spurs summer league of uh, Vegas and California teams. Uh, then uh, currently, as I'm recording this as of 549 Mountain Time on Thursday, September 28th, the Spurs signed Raekwon Gray yesterday on the 27th. And so he's still on the roster right now on a training camp contract. But, um, you know, we'll monitor that because, like I said, he could end up getting waived uh, in the next few hours or, or tomorrow or, or even Saturday. And then, um, again, the reason why they would waive him is to uh, be able to sign him to a to a. Um, onto the Austin Spurs later on in the season, or maybe they don't wave him and he, and he goes into to training camp uh, on the full roster. And, and we'll see if he's able to, to make the camp, ro- to make the camp roster, which is probably unlikely just because they already have to make some other roster cuts as we've talked about uh, in the past. And so currently with uh, Raekwon Gray on the, in, on the team, the Spurs do have 21 players on the roster, which means they have a full roster as of right now. Like I said, the only way they can add a player is if they wave uh, Gray and then, um, you know, they could send another training camp player and then wave that player and try to get them on the Austin Spurs. So, again, we might see them make some, a few more roster moves here before training camp officially begins on Tuesday uh, with the team. 
And with that, our next topic is basically training camp begins on Tuesday. That's it. I mean, I know it's been a lot of weeks and it almost feels like a, lot, a really long time of no basketball since the Spurs, uh, you know, ended their season back in April. But, um, you know, it's it's starting soon here. So what's going to happen is on Monday, the Spurs will hold media media day. Uh, I plan on being there. So if you follow ProjectSpurs.com, um, keep an eye on on, on um, what I'll be writing there. I'll be writing, you know, if there's anything that some, some takeaways from the from Coach Pop or the players that speak to us on media day, uh, I'll be writing those articles. And so just keep, keep, keep um, updates on that. Uh, and then on Tuesday, a, fi- a practice officially begins for the Spurs. So Tuesday, they begin training camp uh, October 3rd. They will have six days of practice before their first preseason game, which would take place on Monday, October 9th at the Oklahoma City th- at the Oklahoma City Thunder. That should be a, a fun game if everyone's available to play. We know that, you know, a lot of times in preseason games, um, the coaching staff of, of different teams, uh, including the Spurs, they don't usually play all the players, at, you know, in, in those games. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who, who the Spurs have out there, who the Thunder have out there, uh, and maybe we'll start to see what the starting five for the Spurs could look like, you know, or the players may reveal like in interviews and, and um, during training camp, you know, who, who who has been the starting five and who's been coming off the bench. So that could be some, some things that are going to uh, try, try to, we're going to start getting some answers, should I say, about those questions regarding the team. Uh, even though the Spurs are beginning training camp next week and also, you know, they'll start their preseason games right after that. We do know it's still that they need to make some roster moves before opening night of the regular season, which is, um, you know, it, later, later on in October. And so as we mentioned multiple times now in multiple Spurs cast episodes over the summer, the Spurs do need to waive or trade two players on guaranteed deals before opening night. And so those most likely players, uh, candidates would likely be Ken Birch, uh, Devontae Graham, Reggie Bullock, or Jetty Osmond. So again, those are the four players to kind of keep an eye on in terms of two of those players either would have to be waived or traded before opening night of the regular season. So the Spurs have training camp to figure this out or, or all their preseason games, five preseason games, before they 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 um, they have to make these decisions. Maybe they, they have a team that wants to trade with them for some of these players, or maybe they can't find anyone to trade. And so they would unfortunately have to, to waive two of those players. And so now for the last topic, like I said, um, I I just kind of wanted to dive into some of the shooting around Wemby in terms of looking at some of the data from last year. So before we begin this discussion and, and, you know, project the graphics there uh, for those of you that are watching the visual format, uh, I I did want to make some some notes, uh, mention some things before before we dive into this data, uh, before it's presented to you. One, um, you know, be very cautious with this data. It is based on last year, last season. Um, Some of these players on, on, they were with different teams. Some players, they had barely joined the Spurs very late in the season and then you know other players are gone that were on on the team that that you know that that it's it's a whole new team coming in basically and then another factor to consider is maybe these players if you see you know some low shooting numbers maybe they worked on their shot over the offseason so again it's a brand new season starting um next week when when training camp opens and so this is this is just something cautious but but you know it it is a topic i want to explore using last year's data and so um you know just again take take that uh, just keep that in mind as as we present these numbers uh to you in this episode uh, so before, so the way you're going to see this table listed is it's listing the players from um, the percentage of threes that were attempted wide open last season. So we're going to see the most, the, the players who got the open looks the most to the least. And so obviously we know that if, if they were open the most, they were teams, they were players that teams were backing off of wanting them to shoot threes. And then the players at the elite with the smaller percentage, they were the players that are very dangerous shooters who have that shooter profile where, where teams are very you know worried about them, you know, t- taking threes wide open. And so they were, and it's your typical um, um, players that are shooters uh, as, as you'll see here in, in the list. Um, and so, so that's just one thing to keep an eye on. And then I'm also going to provide some context on some of the other players, especially the new players, because their numbers may not match what, what the data shows here. And then uh, on the other column, you're going to see something called points per shot on wide open threes. 
And so uh, when we look at the league average last year, it was about 1.16 points per shot. So that's um, it's about 38.6%. That means that that's what the average was last year. And so uh, players that were above that on the Spurs, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight their number in green. And then if not, uh, you'll, you'll see how close or far away they were from that number. All right. So let's go ahead and, and jump into this uh, discussion here of, uh, you know, the, the shooting that, that of the players that are going to be around Victor Wembanyama, you know, and who, who's most likely to, to, you know, um, where teams might back off that player or, or they're, they're going to be worried about doing that. And, and you know, that way Wemby has more, um, more area to, to um, play make and, and get, get involved in, and, you know, drive against the defense. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So the first player is Reggie Bullock. And so, uh, again, this is a, this is already one of those um, uh, players who need some context because, you know, we think of Reggie Bullock as automatically as a shooter. And so um, we do want to be very cautious that his data was with the Dallas Mavericks and his and the playmaker who was around him was Luka Doncic. And then, of course, later on in the season, it was Kyrie Irving. So, you know, Luka is going to set you up for really good looks. And so we see that here in the data where um, Reggie got 81 percent of his threes were attempted wide open last season with Dallas. He shot one point one three points per shot, which is just, you know, barely under the league average. And again, with the Spurs, if uh, if he makes it, you know, all the way to the season, because again, he's one of those players who, who can end up getting traded or waived. Um, then obviously, I don't think that he would get 81% of, of his shots wide open. I think I think uh, he would fall more so to that bottom um, area where, where teams are worried about him, where, they're, where they're, they don't want to leave him wide open. So again, his numbers are more so about the context of who he was playing with, what team he was on uh, prior. Then we look at Jeremy Sohan, um, 79% of his attempts were attempted wide open. Um, he shot 0.76 points per shot. So, uh, you know, this is this is kind of expected. Sohan didn't come in last year as a rookie, as a shooter. Uh, he's more so a playmaker when he has the ball in his hands. Um, we did see that at the free throw line last year, he made significant improvement when he went to that 100 with that one handed free throw shot in December. Uh, you know, he started, he, he immediately got his, his free throw accuracy boosted. And then also we saw him take, have a little bit more confidence in taking his threes. And so for him, I'm just more so interested to see, is that something that he worked on? Did he work on his, on his shooting, on his outside shooting? Because even though we know, again, his priority is not to be a three point shooter. It's more so to drive the ball, you know, you know, get the ball moving around the court, um, you know, be a versatile player there on offense. Uh, there are going to be situations where maybe defenses are, are backing off of him and he may be, you know, either they're double teaming Wemby. And so there, there's maybe late in the shot clock, he'll have to take a three. And so we'll see if he improves on, on that number in this coming season. Sandro Mamakelishvili, 78% of his threes were attempted wide open last season. Um, he shot 1.04 points per shot. This is a small amount of data because Mambu had joined the team very late in, um, in, in, I think it was like March or, or late February. And so that's one thing to, to caution. But then two is that with the eye test, we see that he's very he's very um, comfortable taking those wide open threes. We saw it even recently in FIBA where with his country, Georgia, he was able to you know pick and pop for threes. He was able to space out the floor and, he, and he's very comfortable being out there on the arc where he can play um, you know and, and, and space the floor for the team so i am interested to see if um and he has good form too on his shot where i'm interested to see if he could boost that if he gets those wide open threes if he could boost that number up a little bit his um his points per shot so it was at 1.04 last year i think he can get closer you know maybe it's like you know a little, a little bit more uh higher there on that number so i think mama would be comfortable to, uh, spacing out the floor for san antonio zach collins 73 percent of his threes were attempted wide open last season 
Um, and he actually did well. I mean, on his on his uh, on the ones that he did take again, he, he shot one point one five points per shot, which is basically right right there at league average. And so Zach is a a, a critical player there because we again we expect that he's going to start alongside Victor Wembanyama, where Wemby will be at the four, Zach will be at the five. And so again, uh, you know, defenses may may be worried about Wemby and want to double team him. And like we saw, they left Zach open for seventy three percent of his shots last year for three. And so uh, is he ready to knock those down? And he will have to do that to get them to you know pay, pay more attention to him. And so, like we said, if, if he shoots like he did last year, then yes, I mean, that's that's a good number right there to be right there at 1.15. So we know that Zach is very capable and it will be a, a, something to watch because, again, he's going to be out there as, as the as the five alongside Victor. Malachi Branham, um, 72% of his shots were attempted wide open last year, and and uh, he shot 0.98 points per shot. Um, he has really good form in his shot, so I do I do expect that if he even gets those kind of looks, he would he would th th those will go in at a higher at a higher rate this coming season. And I don't expect him to see 72% of his shots wide open again. I think that um, you know he's going to draw more attention. I don't th and I don't think teams would leave him open um, you know purposely next year. I, I think Branham can get that that percentage higher, and also I think again defense is going to be more honed in on on him as a player and not wanting him to be wide open there uh, out on. The the court jetty osmond um his his data was collected from cleveland because he was with the Cavs last year and we do want to mention too some context where he's with two um, very dynamic playmakers he's he's alongside uh, donovan mitchell who draws a lot of attention and then also um, darius garland um and so we see that 68 percent uh, of his shots were attempted wide open with cleveland and he actually made those very well 1.22 um, points per shot and so uh again we don't know if he'll even be on the team by the time the season starts you know maybe he gets traded maybe he gets waived he's one of those players to, to watch there and so um if he is on the team though and, and they're leaving him wide open then again he's showing that if he can shoot like last year he's going to make the defense pay uh, for leaving him wide open according to this data uh, Trey Jones, um, he's he's a key player to watch here. Um, sixty-seven percent of his shots were attempted wide open from three last year. Um, he he did struggle a little bit, zero point seven nine points per shot. And he's a he's a player to watch because we obviously, um, you know, we we would expect him to most likely be the Spurs' starting point guard. And so again, if he's starting out there alongside Victor Wembanyama, uh, and if and if he's not shooting the three ball or he's not a threat from three, then teams are going to back off him and maybe start you know double teaming and you know or just backing off a little bit more. And so I am eager to see is is that a shot that he worked on as well over the offseason again. And it may not be his go-to shot. We know he's more comfortable with driving in and doing those those floaters and and um, layups and things like that. But again, if he's if he's left wide open, he's gonna probably have to he's, he's gonna have to knock those down. And so we'll see if if he improves on on that accuracy number um, as well last year. Blake Wesley, um, 53% of his shots were attempted wide open from three, but I do want to caution his was a very small sample size. I think he only took 27 attempts on those wide open threes, So it was a very, a very low number. Uh, but when he did, when he did shoot him, I mean, he, he made him at a good, at a good clip here, 1.11 points per shot. And again, if he ends up being the backup point guard this season, then, uh, and, and, you know, whether he's out on the floor of Wemby or if, or if he's just in different lineups and, and, and if they leave him wide open, he's going to have to make those, those shots. So again, we'll see if, um, if he's able to continue that at a, at a higher um, volume next in this coming season, Keldon Johnson, 36% uh, of his shots were attempted wide open. So we saw the defenses gave him way more attention than in the prior season in 21, 22. Um, he did struggle a little bit more though at, at 1.00 points per shot. I looked at his data and he was at 1.20 the year before. And so I am eager to see if, if, um, um, he can get that number back up to where it was, you know, closer to the, like like 1.20 points per shot because we saw that he could do it for one season. Uh, and then just something to, to, to monitor was that, you know, we saw that with the three-point shot last year, it was more so like a roller coaster. He had, he started off really well, and then it kind of dipped in like late November, early December, and then he kind of struggled a little bit uh, as the year went on. So again, we'll kind of see what happens if that's something that, that he's worked on and or if he could just even get it back to the, how it was the, the prior year. And so Keldon, we saw though that that the defenses did um, not want him to take as many as he did in the prior season. Uh, before 
and then these last four players are what I would say like your typical shooters who, who defenses are going to be worried about these players. And they all have very similar numbers in terms of the amount of threes that they're left wide open. So that's Devin Vassell, Julian Champagne, Doug McDermott, and Devontae Graham. Um, Devin, 29% of his shots were, were attempted wide open from three. So defenses were very worried about him. Uh, same thing for Champagne, just 27%. Doug, 22%. And then Graham, 20%, even though Graham was with the team just for um, a few, few weeks or like a month uh, once he was traded to San Antonio. And so again, we see that all these players um, are very dangerous shooters from three. I, I know that um, who is it? Champagne has a, has a lower number there at zero point nine five. But uh, but you know we saw in summer league how he just kind of you know anytime he didn't even need that much need that much space. He was able to get those threes off. And so I think if you give him good wide open looks, he's going to make them. And he also had a very small sample size since he he uh, joined the team very late in the season. But those are more so like your four shooters who defenses most of the time when when they're out there on the floor. Those four players defenses aren't going to back off those players. They're, they're those are the four players that that the defense is really worried about. Um, out there so again um that, that's just kind of what i wanted to explore was you know what when we realistic when, when we're visually looking at this team and they're out there on the floor of the players you know and wemby's got the ball in his hands or they're trying to do some sort of action for him to, to initiate or create uh you know who are the players that, that are, got to kind of monitor to see you know our defense is backing off those players that can immediately double team wemby if those players don't have the ball in their hand and so those are just some questions that i that i wanted to kind of explore and and just look at uh, diving into last year's data and like i said uh, these these numbers could could be um, you know changed uh, very quickly as as training camp begins and we start getting um, you know once once October rolls around and the season does uh, start for San Antonio. So that was just just a quick look at some of the three point shooting, the wide open three point shooting from last season. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spurs Cast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by Paul Garcia. Music for this episode was written by Vincent Garcia and Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day.